Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You remember that legacy summer? Do you remember that legacy summer? Welcome to Carnage. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I've got a massive, massive smile on my face because um, we didn't mash up the introduction. <laughs> that's because I'm here. And that's because the boss is here. It's amazing. Me, and, me, like, me Chris and Mo boxed when the, between when, us. We just when the ignored you too. It's amazing how everything's so clockwork, isn't it? Like we mashed up this uh, uh, intro for like literally three, four weeks in a row. And I was so happy to see Gavin. It's three it. buttons. <laughs> Listen, I've just realized now, I, when I went to do it, I said to myself, there must be loads of buttons. And then I realized it's three. It's one to get you on screen, one to start an intro, and one to get us all on screen. It, it actually does it automatically. I even had it written down. Buttons. Have you had it written down? Ask Mo last week. Was it Mo last week? Was it Mo when I said to him, like literally before the show, I said, write it down. Did you listen to Gav's instructions? And he said, absolutely. I knew exactly what <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, listen, um, sorry we're a little bit late, people in the chat. I see um, a fair number of you still waiting, already waiting, I should say. Thank you very much. Give the stream a like on your way in. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed, all that good stuff. Um, before we crack into the into the show, I must, I must um, talk about our new sponsor. I've got a sponsor on board, um, and it's Elite Me. And they do CBD oil. And when you hear this, you think, oh, does this stuff work? But this, guys, is the most amazing stuff. I've tried it myself. Elite Me CBD, a UK-based company that supplies the highest quality CBD in the market with a variety of products. Go and check out this stuff. Trying it, and then and then you see it, and then you, you feel it, and then you believe it. That's the best way. Um 
you know, for high quality CBD supplements, go and visit their website, www.eliteme.com. How you spell Elite Me is E-L-I-T-E-M-I-I. Go and check them out, guys. They're, they're going to be our partners, sponsors for the for the se- for this up and coming season. I just want to come in on this. Sorry to interrupt. I know I've already, oh, started, I've already started, but Mrs. Grizz sent me a video of this as soon as he took uh, two drops. Was it on Thursday or Friday? And she goes, Abby, she goes, this stuff works, doesn't it? I said, of course it does. I said, what's wrong? She goes, I want to send you something. So she sent me a video um, of him snoring, and I'm going to play it on my speaker. I'm literally yeah, going to play it on my speaker. He doesn't, he doesn't need fucking CBD to snore. Oh, he does. <laughs> he has trouble sleeping. You, you know him, uh, Gav. He's up all yeah, hours. But I do. So this, this, this is a video of him snoring. Absolutely knocked out. We get the one for copyright here now. That is Chris snoring. So listen, all right? <laughs> This is not even right. a joke. No, listen, you know how tra- look, you know how Liverpool transfer windows make you anxious. Right? They make you nervous, they make you anxious. I haven't slept right for ages and ages. I'm not even joking. I took this stuff. Two drops. First of all, it's quite technical. Like, all right, Gav's gonna laugh, right? What taking two <laughs> drops is technical. <laughs> you, uh, is this a fucking one? You went wrong with no, you. No, no, so you asked him to press three buttons. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's two <laughs> drops is technical, and you're asking him to. Okay, press you guys three can buttons. laugh. All right, you guys laugh. We will, right? because it's funny yeah. to you guys, right? But it's not funny to me. I've never seen two... a diagram on how to take two drops of CBD oil. I'll tell you what the problem is, Gav. Is two drops under the tongue? Yeah. Oh yeah. As opposed to one. No, but you're not supposed to squeeze it. So oh, you're right. supposed to just put it under your tongue Drop, yeah. oh and God. just know when the when when the things dropped on your. You see, you're counting. You're counting. You're counting to two. Feel, I couldn't feel the. Well, you don't want to give okay. yourself an overdose. So, so let, let me just, and this is not a go at elite <laughs> me because I don't like fair play to them, right? Um, how do how do you let you loose on this? Is beyond me. I'm going to be honest. I'm the best but, person to be. But basically, why didn't you just say I took this? It was really good. I was like, it really helped me to sleep, right? You've basically gone into the technicalities of literally lifting your tongue in your mouth and counting the fucking two. <laughs> Stop. That's all. That's the only advice I give you. I've stopped. All I'm cool. saying, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's, I think it's the best and thing for all of us. It's, it's the best thing for all of all of you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even joking. But listen, welcome aboard, Elite Me. Uh, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard this panel I've, uh, I've requested, and I am absolutely humbled, humbled to be part of such a panel tonight. Um, welcome aboard, Mo, who's an absolute part of the furniture. How you doing, my man? How's things for you? I'm all right. Um, thankfully, I don't need CBD specifically to fall asleep, so I'm okay. Although, I really feel like you're going to have to be starring in their new adverts now, or maybe just the sound. The, the snoring might do the job itself. But it's in general, start. I'm good, you know. I mean, obviously, we were chatting just before about international football. I happened to glaze my eye over that. But, you know, it's not really important, is it? Just kind of keeping the ticker going about football itself. Yeah, it's... it's. Um, we were talking about some unsavoury um, stuff as well that took place. Um, we should, we need to... Every platform should highlight that kind of rubbish and and hope and pray and force the, the authorities to take far more far more action than they do. You know, it seems to be just a token gesture of a, a fine here and a fine there. And is this is this racism in Hungary? 
Absolutely. I didn't. I don't. I haven't seen anything. So I, I'm just look at that. Yeah. And and, and you knew in it as soon as as soon as coming. Got, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 horrible, and um, I just don't know what we can do. All we can do is keep highlighting it, I guess, and keep forcing you know forcing on people to sort of do something about it. But yeah, it's a horrible. Um, also, want to welcome Chris. Chris, how you doing, my man? Um, really appreciate you coming down, bro. No problem, mate. Uh, literally down. Forward. I was looking forward literally to literally down because I know you're upstairs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still a little scared by you snoring, to be honest. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> tell you I'm gonna be okay for the next hour. Uh, I will be having nightmares about that. And for every fella out there that's thinking that sounds absolutely brilliant, there's a woman thinking, "Don't give my husband that shit," because <laughs> I don't want them sleeping next to me if that's what happens to them. Um, now I'm uh, guessing your demographic is largely male, so you're probably okay there. Um, so Elite Meal <laughs> yeah. obviously be a great sponsor for that <laughs> but uh <laughs> now um obviously i haven't seen any of the stuff mo mentioned uh what was going on uh with england before but uh, look i it it's the same for isn't it as like lgbt plus and stuff like that what Klopp and, and paul amman were talking about a few weeks ago about making everybody feel comfortable going to the football and that's what we've got to strive towards um, whether it be stamping racism out, whether we be stamping homophobia out and all that type of stuff as well. This is what we've got to strive to achieve. And the only way that I can see that you can do that, and I don't have answers here, is through education and understanding. Um, because there's a difference between knowledge and understanding for me. And I've, I say this all the time when I'm talking about football. Like under, You might know it, but understanding it is completely different. And I feel like the only way that you can actually get through to somebody is empathy, and you need to make them em- empathise. So you need to keep speaking out, um, uh, especially if it's happened to you. And I'm look, I'm a white middle class m- male. I don't understand it in in the same way as as, as obviously Mo and Carl and Grizz and and everybody else. But it disgusts me and it sickens me that people are being treated like that at this time. And I'm sorry, I've just brought the tone right down from, or up maybe from where it was. Hey, I started it. Don't worry, this is on me. But it's massively important. <laughs> it's massively important. So you need to keep speaking out. You keep you need to keep telling people what it makes you feel like. And hopefully at some point, they'll realise that everybody's the fucking same. We all breathe fucking air. And that like, you know what? I can get through to you because you'll empathize with me at some point because there is always common ground between people everywhere in the world. And football's massive for common ground and it's a great place to start. So why not here? Um, I, I couldn't have put it any better, mate. You was, um, you, you said, you said exactly, exactly all of our thoughts. You shared all of our thoughts and it's true. It's, 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 it's it, I was going to say it is what it is. That's just such a defeatist attitude. Um, but the more people that talk about it, learn about it, teach about it, the better, in my opinion. And as you said, it's all about education. You're right. Absolutely. You're spot on. Uh, Mr. Cal, we were all talking off here. And thank you for waking us up with that T-shirt because we were falling asleep waiting for you. But you made up for it by coming in with a... Is that the Jamaican yeah, national team? Of course! Did Play you win? Tonight. No, no, playing Mexico play tonight. tonight, early hours of the morning. Okay. I usually wouldn't watch it, but my little one decides to wake up around that time. So I thought I might as well throw on a T-shirt and enjoy it fully tonight. So. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Is that is that a qualifier or is it just a friendly? Qualifier. qualifier. Okay. Good luck with that. Um, Avi, what's happening, mate? How are we doing? How's California? He was telling us it's freezing over there, a freezing 21. 
22. Yeah, we've got a sweatshirt on today, a bit warmer, so it's uh, all good. But it seems as if you've assembled the Avengers here. Like, you know, you've got Captain America and me, and then you've got the rest of the characters over there. You've got Gav. Gav's, I can't even describe who Gav would be, but yeah. Um, no, wait, I, I, I'd be careful if I was you. <laughs> You're dubbing yourself Captain America. Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> yeah. It was a good night. But um, just on Cal, um, the USA are playing as well today against Savard in the World Cup follow- uh, qualifier, so we're looking forward to that later on. It's amazing how he always gets to mention or somehow USA yeah. football team or football, USA football in every single stream. It's amazing. Someone, some cynics would say you're looking for a sponsor from there or something. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't go into it. And of course, we've got, uh, we've got the main man himself, Gav Doyle. Listen, you probably had enough of the messing up the intros. Thanks, Gav, for helping out. It was my favourite intro um, of the season so far. And uh, but and I thought I'd never be topped until you tried to explain how to take CBD oil, which will go to me to me grave. I'll take it to me grave with me. I'm being honest. Yeah. Well, listen. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a video how actually what I'm don't. No, I won't. I am. No, I am. Don't. Because then because then you're gonna need CBD oil to sleep after yeah. you've seen that video. <laughs> well, do, so, do, because, like, you know, um, we've plenty of friends that can manipulate that video to whatever way we want, and um, we could have really good fun with So, absolutely send me the video. <laughs> <laughs> Portrait okay. and landscape, please. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But listen, um, the topic, there goes my microphone. Chris did say, and talk about my microphone, there you go. But listen, guys, um, the transfer window... Um, is officially shut in the UK. I know it's open in a couple of countries in the world. I just thought I, I'd gather a few people and, and, and let's talk about it. Look, um, quick disclaimer before we start. People, so many people online and all you've read this week is is sort of this um, aggressive nature of Liverpool fans where people are almost cornering you into sort of being into camps. So you're either an FSG out, an FSG in, you're a top red and or you're a bottom red. This is, it's, it's mental. I just want to put a disclaimer out there that we absolutely are here to just give our opinions and have a friendly chat and give just give our views and opinions on the situation and what we think. We're not in either, we're not in a, a camp. We're not in a, in a, in a, in a subsection. We're not, we're not paid. Well, hold on, let me check. Let me check. No, none of us are paid by FSG, as, as far as I know. And uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we've got no, um, what's the word? We've got no allegiance to, to sort of anyone. We're just fans like you guys and everyone else that just are blessed to have a platform. And we're humbled by that. And we're just here to give our opinions on it. So before people, stupid people try to clip this, clip, clip things up because you know that's what happens behave yourselves we're here just to give a have a nice friendly chat on what happened what was our expectations and how we feel about things and mo i want to start with you just a very simple question mo uh transfer window opens what was your expectations how do you what happened and how do you feel at the end of the window well first of all i agree that i'm not in any faction but if i was i would be a power red Definitely. Um, <laughs> I think my expectations when the window opened were good, mainly because we'd already heard the Canate rumours by that point. So I was thinking if we can get 
that biggest hurdle cleared that early, then that will set us up to be able to do some more deals later on. Um, I was concerned about the ability of us to sell some of the players that we wanted to sell because that is the problem that everyone is having. Um, and that kind of proved to be the case. Some of them took longer and we ended up getting less for them. But, I mean, I am disappointed that we didn't see any more players coming in. I think one attacking player more, I could have I could have signed off on that quite easily. But it's dangerous when you talk about this because, like you say, you have to make sure you put it in the context of we are thinking about the potential worst-case scenarios here. We are trying to think about absolutely every single possible with all Doctor Strange in the shit out of this. And when we think about, oh, well, maybe we're one light, maybe we're one light, we're thinking about in that worst-case scenario. That's not necessarily going to be the case. There is a world, there's quite a few worlds where we do have enough and it is okay. And there are enough quality players to do the job. But obviously, coming off the back of a season we've just come off the back of, those worst-case scenarios are right at the front in our mind because that's basically what that season came in. So you you kind of feel like you are, you don't want to overreact to things, but you can't really ignore the nagging feeling of we might get to January and think, yeah, we should have got one more. Mm. Uh, we've got a, a super chat from Ramiz Khalil, which, which, which uh, nice segue into what you just said at the end there. What do you make of the Origi to Fenerbahce rumours? Does that lead to us? Does that lead us to getting a striker in January or not necessarily? Um, I think I'll just quickly dismiss this one. We haven't got a clue, mate. Uh, but I really appreciate the super chat. Uh, no, but it's true. Chris, we, 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 not only us fans, but sort of all the learned journals, all the closely related journals to Liverpool, the reliable, the usual mouths, um, were expecting all the articles kind of, uh, there was a Melissa Reddy article, um, I remember, that indicated that, you know, a midfielder and an attacker did seem to be sort of um, on the shopping list, so to speak. Is that what you had um, expected uh, at the start of the window? And, yeah, at and the start, how did you feel? Yeah, at the start of the window, well, it was all, all the stuff that I'd read, you know, your Neil Joneses, your James Pierce, your Simon Hughes, Mel Reddy, uh, you know, and I don't want to miss people out here, so, and yeah. all the other really good Liverpool journalists. All, all the stuff I saw was expect a quiet window. Like, you know, you might, and Liverpool are interested in this and interested in that. But, yeah, I think, look, I wanted I wanted two players. I wanted a midfielder and I wanted a striker. I didn't get them. Now, just the way life is, isn't it? You know what I mean? You could sit there on Twitter all day, refreshing your feed and doing what you need to do. And I respect that. If you've got a strong opinion, then go out there and, 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 and say what you feel needs to be said in any walk of life, in anything, whether it's footy or not. Don't hail abuse of people for having a different opinion. You know, I'm, I'm quite happy to sit and have a debate with somebody and open my ears and listen and, and, and hear what the other person is saying. But I'll be quite honest with you, I haven't heard anything from people who want FSG out 
apart from the things that I also disagree with, you know, the the European Super League, £77 ticket prices, everything else, trademark and pull all that type of stuff. When I haven't looked at anything business-wise on the football field and thought, yeah, they got that wrong. Like, they, look, they, they probably should have signed somebody. Like, I really believe that. But I'm strong enough to make my own mind up on things. And people hailing abuse and shouting FSG out isn't going to change my mind on it. It's not an argument. It's just, it's not even a debate. It's not a conversation. It's just, it's it's a catch-all thing that covers about 400 different things nowadays. It just seems to me like a really easy, lazy way of it. And I'm a supporter. I go to the game. I want to I wanna enjoy the footy. I get enjoyment from the footy. The football. Not the transfer window, or anything. I actually hate discussing transfers. I when I was when I was like in my twenties, I knew every player in every league. I've got a family, I've got two kids. I don't watch any of the other leagues anymore. I just don't. So I, it doesn't make any fucking difference to me whether you're interested in San Aguez or I'm interested in Florian Niehaus because I don't know who they are anymore. Like I genuinely don't care. Like I just want Liverpool to be really good at the football and. That, that's my week. That 90 minutes where Liverpool play or 180 minutes where Liverpool play is what I get huge sums of enjoyment from. Not who won the transfer window. I just don't buy it. Like, it's just it's just not for me. It's just like, I like footy. I like watching footy. I like, I've been playing footy tonight. I like kicking a ball around. I like watching lads kick a ball around. That's, that's me enjoyment from it. You know what I mean? It's mad. I can't believe mm-hmm. why people get so wound up about not signing players. We've not signed loads of players that turned out to be shit. Yeah. Um, just a quick super chat again before we continue. Uh, big thank you, the mole, for the message he sent to my wee man, Daryl. He loved it and had him in tears. For kid with autism means the world. Your top man, thank you. Is that... Well, go on, yeah, that, that was for me. Um, I found out through the Anthem rap that John's little son, Daryl, was a fan of mine and it was his birthday on Saturday. So I sent him a little message. I hope he enjoyed the game. I'm really glad that he got the message. So, yeah, big up to John. We'll make it up to Scotland at some point to come and see you guys. Nice Nice. one. That's excellent. Cal, same question to you. How you feel? Uh, Mo and Chris have given their feelings on how they feel or how they felt. And obviously, slight differences of opinion. I think we're going to have a uh, a slight difference of opinion here as well, which is brilliant. Go for it. What's your opinion on the whole situation and how you felt? Um, I felt disappointed, but I was also surprised because I actually did think, uh, even up until maybe the day of the window shut, and I actually did think we would go out and get another two players. So I, was, I actually was surprised. I know a lot of people said, I'm not surprised FSG didn't do this or the club didn't do this. I actually was surprised. I thought it was glaringly obvious we needed at least two more players and I thought the club would have addressed it. Now, in terms of the whole debate with the in and out, again, I've, I've been quite vocal on where I stand with it, but I think there are different tiers to the whole FSG in and FSG out. And I'll say this for both sides. I've, I think you've got some elements. I'm sorry. I think you've got some people in the FSG in and the FSG out who are very, uh, for lack of a better term, very pompous and very arrogant and don't want to listen to the other side. I'd like to think I don't fall into that category. I'm hoping I don't anyway. We'll mm-hmm. be the judge of that. And what cult me and you had a great discussion yeah, yeah, on the show about yeah. two months ago, mate. 
Yeah. And, you know, I have a different opinion to you. And I yeah. was hosting the show. And it was a brilliant, it was a brilliant discussion. Mm. It was a great conversation where you see what someone's got to say, you know, and you listen to it and it didn't change my mind. And I'm sure I didn't change your mind. Yeah. And that's absolutely cool. Like, you know what I mean? Precisely. And and that's, that is my thing. And like, I'll be honest, over the last few days, I've, I've sent out some tweets and asked people who are on the other side of what I believe or what I think to actually justify and let me know why so I can get more of an insight. And I'll be honest with you, even though I don't agree with, those who like sort of back and support the owners, I can see where they're coming from to an extent in some things that they say and, and some things that they say, I, I actually have to sit back and say, well, you know, I was wrong on that. And I, I, you know, I have to agree on that. But on the overall situation for me, it's not just about this window. It's about safeguarding Liverpool's future. And what really concerns me about this window is that we've seen before that, we didn't strengthen the season. We won the Champions League and yes, we did go on to win the league, which was obviously phenomenal. But I don't know if we can always use that as a barometer to judge every single summer when we don't sign a player and say, well, we didn't sign a player, so we'll be we'll be okay again. What concerns me more about this window is we know that every summer is going to get more and more difficult to acquire players and to get players to replace the players who are ageing in the team. Now, I'm not one of these people who sit there and say, once you hit 30, then your life's done as a footballer, because for me, that's nonsense, especially with how medicine, science, nutrition, and how they are as athletes nowadays. However, I do think we have lost out an opportunity here to really go in and do something that can safeguard us a little bit in the future and make it less difficult for us in summers coming up. And what annoys me the most is when someone like myself makes an argument saying, I think we should have done more. The first thing I get back is, oh, well, we're never going to sign Mbappe or Haaland. Look, I wanted those players. I knew we were never going to get those players. I would have been very, very happy with Kanate, Basuma, and let's say Pedro Neto if he was fit. I don't think that's asking for the world. And I think that's my frustration. I think most Liverpool fans are very realistic in our expectations. But for whatever reason, it just didn't seem to sync up this summer in I'm praying to God it doesn't come back to bite us in the arse. Can, can, can I, I ask you, can I, sorry, do you mind if I just jump in? Yeah, there's, a, there's a couple of things that I agree with you on there, Cal. Mm. Like, but, and there's a couple of things that I don't like. Um, like, <laughs> safeguard, safeguarding the future was a term that you use there. Well, mm. we've signed five lads to new contracts and I, I get that you, you maybe don't agree with that, but, and there's probably the biggest and the best player still hasn't. But investment comes in many forms, doesn't it? You know, it, it's investing in youth, it's investing in Kirby, it's investing in the stadium twice. Um, you know, it's investing in players, the current ones, as well as hopefully new players. You know, mm. there's, there's loads of stuff there. And, you know, for me, I'll, I want to ask a question to everybody because Coutinho and Suarez and Mascarano and Xabi Alonso, they all went before the prime. And we were whinged about being a club that let players go before the prime. Mm. And now we've just signed up a load of lads who are in the prime and we're whinging about players <laughs> being signed on a contract in the prime. Like it's what you like how much more can the how much more can you do? This is a club that's clearly progressed where the best players in the world still want to play at Liverpool Football Club. And I know for they're me, boring because I- we've seen them for four years, like, but they're still brilliant. I think it's the timing, if I'm going to be honest, Chris, it it seems as though it's a a deliberate ploy by the club to release these contracts 
or the the news of the contract renewals at a time where a lot of fans are hoping and expecting new transfers. And I fully agree with you. Look, there has been investment and investment comes in many different forms. But I think the investment this summer was was desperately needed in some of the incoming players. But also when it comes to contract renewals, contract renewals can be done any time. And I could also turn it around and say it's, it's quite negligent that we had all these players having to renew in one summer as opposed to staggering them as well. So again, I get where you're coming from. Look, I'm over the moon. If we had lost the Van Dyke this summer or anything, this would really be carnage because you'd see me ripping down my backdrop and going absolutely crazy right now. But, and I'm happy we have signed those players up. But at the same time, I don't think the two have to be exclusive from each other. I don't think you have to either do contract renewals or make player acquisitions. I think you can do both. I think yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. Sorry. <clears throat> yes, no, I think. Cool. Gav, I think you wanted to jump in. There. When you announce when you announce contract renewals for me, it's irrelevant. Um, you never know. The club could have been looking, going, listen, just give them some sort of good news. They'll react well to this because we're not signing anybody. They could have said that. You don't. We don't know. Um, you know what? I've had a and I'm. I've I've done four five shows in a row I think um every day this week about and everything has been FSG and I I said it to Grizz earlier like I'm so tired of talking about them and that's no reflection on, on having to walk um because this is what I, I walk at but I've had to think about this and and I've actually come to the conclusion that in a football and sense I I follow Liverpool in the football I'm a bit like Chris I follow Liverpool in the football sense you know. The players we have are brilliant. I love watching them. I love going to watch them. I, I watch a lot on TV. I go to Anfield and watch them. And they excite you. And they have done for the last couple of years, you know, specifically this squad the last three, four years. And from a footballing sense, I felt we needed two more players on top of Canate, right? Because I looked and, I, and, and I've gone over it loads and loads of times about the reliability of Oxley chamberlain and Naby. And that's not, a, that's not me being knee-jerk. It's that, you know, the proof is there over the last two seasons anyway with both of those players and people will say but you have seven midfielders and I go yeah one's 36 alright one's 18 come back off loan from Blackburn okay but you can't throw everything at him he's brilliant but you cannot throw everything at him the same with Curtis Jones Curtis Jones got bashed a little bit for me last season as a 20 year old I think he was 20 last season in what shouldn't have been his breakout season it should have been a season where he progressed and then looked this season to actually go and really nail down um, a spot on the team and he didn't he, he was relied upon because of the injuries we have we have and I hate to say it we have a club captain who's shown injury tendencies over the last year to 18 months in my opinion okay so that's why I needed someone in midfield up top it's fairly obvious for me I don't think he trusts Minamino I don't think he trusts Divock Origi and Minamino I feel a bit sorry for Origi I don't that's just me people can argue okay but then I look at it and I say to myself okay we. I need to, I think we need to no I'm not going to piss and moan about it and cry about it if we don't get it I'll be watching them against Leeds next weekend and the transfer window will be the last thing on my mind but then I look around and say to myself okay I got really upset in January over the, the centre-back situation and you know I got thrown it did get thrown me look COVID and stuff like that and I completely get that and then I see things like 180 million losses possibly over the last two seasons when they posted because of COVID and everything and that hurt their model more than any other model simply because we spend what we earn. And it's not a surprise to anybody. They turned up, and this is what they've done from day one, right? They've a magnificent squad that they spent a lot of money on, and people would say, net spend, bullshit. Net spend doesn't matter. It's not It's not anyone's fault if you can put a squad together like that and manage to be really good at selling stuff, you know? Do you know what I mean? And really good at selling stuff. So I've no issue there. And then, so 
I, I, I try to take the footballing sense. I try to take the negatives of not getting it. And what have have they not done enough? I think they haven't done enough over the last year or two um, with regards to recruitment. I think they recruited really well last summer and everyone bounced into last season. Let's be honest. Everyone bounced into last season. Thiago, Simicas, Jota on top of what we had. We thought we were taking over the world at the start yeah. of last season and injuries killed us. And and then I look at what they've done recruitment-wise and I kind of, yeah, I know where people are coming from. But I try not to be too extreme, Grizz. You know, I, I don't have FSG in banners hanging out my front window. All right, but I'm also not setting fire to it out the back, out the back, out the back garden either. I try to look at it as a football fan because that's what I am. Now, when it comes down to it, there will be reasons for what's happened. I think the amount of outgoings that we've done and the one player we've signed, there may be reasons behind that. But I agree with Callum. And when I look and I think we need two more, I do look into next season and I get where Chris is coming from. We signed really, really, really good players to really, really, really good contracts. We're no longer a stepping stone. We're a destination. And that's what we wanted to be. When Coutinho, when Suarez, Mascherano, Alonso, whoever else it might be, left the club. But I see a difficulty in next summer. Because if you, if I, if we all think we need two now, how many do we think we need next summer? When you have another year on Milner, when you have, you know, what happens with Ox and Kate this season if they don't, if, if they're injured, you're looking to replace them. I get where that worry come from as well so I think we're in a tough situation but I have a feeling there was some very very tough decisions made and that's just me thinking about it over the last couple of days I'm trying to think of it from FSG in FSG out and me sitting watching the football well sorry I was just going to say off the back of that Mm. I think we have to remember as well that there are FSG are the ones who have the bottom line there's no denying that but they are going to be influenced by the desires of the manager and Michael Edwards himself. I think there's been scope. I'm not, I don't know, but there has been scope for us to say that they had a plan at one point in the window and that plan has changed. I think if you listen to Klopp and listen to not just what he's saying, but the consistency of the message that he's putting out about this pathway, that says to me, it's highly feasible that Klopp and some of the others went into this summer thinking we need to buy a midfielder, but has seen the impact of the guys in training, particularly Harvey Elliott, maybe Curtis as well, and said, you know what? I want to give this guy a chance to develop because if I do and I'm right, then we could be saving ourselves a lot of money in the future. Now, obviously, this is a risk. We all know this is a risk, but it could be also augmented by, for example, we could buy try and buy Eve Basuma this summer and that wouldn't happen. That gap would be filled. Javier wouldn't get his minutes. Or we can give Javier this time and maybe look at trying to buy Jude Bellingham the next year. So I wouldn't be surprised. Again, this is all from my feelings. This is not anything from any idea of um, um, knowledge that you could do it that way. You can have what you call fluid models. That doesn't help us now, and it leaves us short, and that is the risk involved. But I don't feel like this would have been a risk that FSG dictated down to Klopp. I feel like this would have been a decision they came to together. And because of that, I give them a little bit more leeway to say, okay, this is your decision. We know that it could backfire, but I'm not going to tell you you're wrong until we see it play out. 
You actually, I, I actually, I, I actually, oh, I actually, I actually agree with a lot of what you said there. And I wanted to come on to that aspect, which is the clock and the Edwards, the, the, the effect or, or their say they have in all this. I wanted to come on to that. Avi, just, I just wanted you to sort of, um, Read this super chat, super chat. And, and answer it. Yeah, take this one, please. Yeah, thanks to uh, Tahir Qureshi. This season, we have seen so many games. These players will be mentally and physically drained. It's a fact there will be injuries again with no backups. And just coming on to this as well, I think, first of all, everyone makes great points. Me and Cal have um, had WhatsApp debates on voice notes. Um, funny yeah, he enough. keeps on threatening me, by the way, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> like, an hour and a half. But, but all jokes aside, like, we've had great debates. And obviously everyone knows, most know that I've always been FSG in. Look, there have been, I would say it's a frustration. It's a frustrating window um, this summer. It has been a frustrating window. When you think about, you think Kanate was, should have been done in January, but obviously it wasn't. And it was done early in March, April time. Then you're wondering, okay, who's next? Like, I think everyone makes great points. We needed to win. I think we can all see that. That's glaringly obvious. We needed to win. But I feel that it was a probably, and on the whole, it will be FSG. The, the people that say FSG out, it's a bit excessive. We've got to remember what they do, but people don't want to remember the things that they do off the pitch. And I'm just going to track away a little bit. We talk about Kirby, state-of-the-art facilities. A delegation that went out to Dortmund, to um, Salzburg, to Leipzig to see what they've done in their facilities. But fans don't want to know about that. Fans don't care about, I'm, I'm sorry, but the sort of new sort of age of Twitter righty fans, they don't want to know about the stadium expansion. They don't want to know about the main stand, that the work that's gone in there and the millions that have been spent there. They only care about the uh, football team. They only care about what's being brought in in terms of players. And we get in this commotion that, oh, United have spent on Sancho. They've gone and spent on Varane. They've gone and spent on Ronaldo. What are we doing? We're just sitting tight. But I'm sorry, but you talk about you talk to United fans, they still will say they're a number six short. They're a midfielder short. You talk to Chelsea fans, they will say they're a centre-back short. You talk to Arsenal. Arsenal have spent £130 million pounds an no, absolute Arsenal shit. Just short. They're just showing yeah, some. No, not short. Sure. Genuinely, my favorite football club in the world right now. Spurs <laughs> have spent money. Um, we should have spent money. And the the big worry I have here, and these way I get frustrated with the whole infrastructure, and that includes the committee, FSG, and Jurgen Klopp. This was an important summer because next summer, and I hate using next summer now, but next summer becomes Klopp's penultimate window. Because in 2023, you've got the committee and then you've got FSG who are thinking about succession planning. They've got to get a manager in place. I don't want to be like Manchester United where I don't think Moyes was ever Fergie's first choice, no matter how much he sells that story that he was cut from the same cloth. I think they had bigger targets than Moyes. Whereas Liverpool, we've got to be careful because when next season comes, if they don't spend next summer, then... I don't think us spending. I don't see us spending big in 2023 because then you're sort of making room for the new manager. We talk about contracts, and Chris, you made a great point. Look, players in the past, Torres, we've always let them go in their peak. Suarez, the Mascarano, and so forth. But I look at Fergie when he left Manchester United, and I've got a list here: Evra, Rio, Vidic, Giggs, Scholes, Van Persie, Carrick, Th- Fletcher. They were all between 30 to 39 years old. Scholes retired. Giggs literally took a um, coaching job. Roll on 2024, we've got players like Hendo, Van Dijk, who are going to be 34, Fabinho, Thiago, 33, 31, respectively. Then you've got Salamane, Bobby, who will be 32, 30, 33. Robertson, 30, but he's got a great engine on him. My biggest worry is when a new manager comes in, he won't keep all those players. 
and to ease them out. When you've got big personalities like a Henderson, like a Van Dyke, it's going to be extremely difficult to ease them out. We saw it with Brendan Rodgers. I don't think Brendan Rodgers ever wanted... He, he ushered Gerard out. I think that's no given secret. He didn't want Gerard at the club. But sometimes when a new manager comes in, whoever that may be, whether it's Steven Gerrard, and you presume that it has to be a big personality to handle these players in their 30s and 34s, and then you've got to see who's out there to get... Who's going to take them? Who's going to take a Mane at 32, 33 with the wages that he's on? It, it, it creates a complex situation. I'm not saying that we should have sold them. We should, have, of course, give them new contracts. But like Callum said, these contracts should have been issued. This, this should have been addressed maybe a summer before or a year before, or a couple of years before, because they're going to all come at once at 2024 when the new manager comes and he says, these players aren't my vision for the next phase. Yeah, but That's hold on. Yeah. Yeah, but, 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 but it's not only the club that decide when, when, a, when a contract is, is, is done. And, and most agents, you'll, if you get a five-year deal, right, you'll probably see after two years an agent pushing for an extension you to make it five yeah. again, right? But when it gets down to three years, an agent's looking going, look, like Salah Mane, Imi Prime here, right? You might you love playing for Liverpool. You know, the fans adore you. But I'm going to be honest, there could be double your money around the corner if we leave this and let it run to two years because it strengthens a player's position. And that's what an agent is there for. I know what you're saying. They are, they're all going to go, going to land in 2024, 2025, now some 2026, depending on who they are. But that's the, the, player, the player has as much say when a contract's negotiation starts and signed as a club does. They don't. The club don't just turn around and go, Oh, you've three years left. Come on in and sign a contract. It's not how it works. And a, and a player will always move to his most powerful position, which is usually two years to go or two years in. That's before what you go, do. Mo. Before you go, Mo. I think Chris wanted to jump in before you. So go. On, no, it's fine, Mo. You, you go first, Mo. It's fine. Go on. Go. Oh, oh, Mo. What I'm going to say is dead short. Anyway, what I would say, I don't think that these extensions are all done in such a short space of time without COVID. I think they're done over the last eighteen months. And also because of COVID, I don't think that this is plan A for what they do, where we are now in terms of these contract extensions being the only business we're doing. I still don't think that's where they wanted to be. That's the optimum. That's where they are now. So while I agree that it's not ideal, I agree that them all ending or them all getting old together, so to speak, is not ideal either. But I don't think that means that they are thinking it is. I think they are still trying to avoid that scenario. So we will see things over the next, hopefully, six to 12 months that you can see a succession plan for some of them. Because sometimes, as we've seen with so much difficulty selling players, sometimes you have to protect that value for a longer time if you think it's going to take you longer than normal to sell them. Yeah. yeah, I think Cal- all I was going to say was, Sorry, you know, all I was going to say was almost exactly the same at the start of that, to be honest with you, is like, you're not extending contracts uh, for the players who are close to the best in the world when there's no fans in stadiums and no, there's no signs of fans in stadiums. So you've wrote off 12 months there that you can't do it in. Um, it's just not right. It just wouldn't have been a thing. They were worried about what the hell was going to happen when fans were going to get in and stuff like that. And just to pick up on something Avi said as well, like, and, and more for to explain my own situation, I am not FSG in, and I'm surprised anybody is, to be honest. Um, I didn't really think there was anyone who was FSG in. Like, I don't really meet people who go, and fair play, Avi, for you. Like, and I don't, 
I'm not having a go with in any Careful, way. Chris, he'll threaten you too, bro. He'll I have all his information. I'm just, just not FSG out. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, if I've got a problem, I'll be there on the picket line like when Redmen started 10 years ago and we okay. were there when Hicks and Gillette 11 years ago and we were marching down from Georgians to Anfield. If I've got an issue, we covered those things. You know what I mean? If if it's a genuine thing that I believe in, I'm going to be there, whether people are going to be there with me or they're not going to be there with me. That's just the way that I think a lot of people are. I'm just not FSG out, but to pigeonhole someone as FSG in, I genuinely haven't ever met anyone who goes, FSG in. I've never met anyone that's ever said it before. It's this pigeonholing. You're right, Chris. You're bang on. You're absolutely spot on. I'm not going to lie, guys. I get DMs. I get DMs asking me to make a... St- All right, not those kind, Mo. Oh, All right, okay. not those kind, no. <laughs> Don't go there. CBD. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking for videos on how to take CBD. I didn't say found him. Three but, drops instead of two. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to try that tonight. But listen, I don't know. It's this fascination or... I don't know what the term is to sort of pigeonhole people. And I actually got DMs at the end of the window. As soon as the window shut, the window wasn't even shut. It was like sort of when we announced the Phillips extension and the Hendo extension, we knew we're not going to be, there's not going to be no last minute jobs. So people were asking me to make a stand. Can you actually tweet FSG out now, please? I was like, what the fuck? Like, what does that mean? So, I, I totally agree what you're saying, um, guys, in terms of pigeonholing. And, and Cal, I know you touched upon it. It's, it's, it's the pigeonholing that sort of you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be neither camp. You just, you, you, but you can speak about things that you see on face value, right? You can see everything that these guys have said. Everyone's made valid points. And when you listen and talk to real people like this, as opposed to typing away, right, abuse and on, on, on either side, it makes it doesn't make any difference to anyone's opinion, like Chris says. But when you have a debate, it's all about learning and learning more. Now I've learned listening to you guys so much. Cal, I wanted to ask you: Have you mentioned about in terms of succession planning, and and is there can we see a clear as fans? Because that's all we can do. We don't know what the actual plans are, and that's where the that's where the confusion for me lies, because if you don't know, stop guessing and working yourself up. Like we're just working ourselves up for no reason without knowing things. But to the out to the to, to the to the outside world, if Cal, seeing what you're seeing, see what you've seen, what could possibly be the plan from FSG or Edwards and Klopp, etc.? What, what 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 could we put it down to? And I'm asking you for a reason because I know you're probably the most angry about the window, but it's, it's, I just want to get your opinion on this. Yeah. So what I will say, I actually don't think it's a, like, I'll be honest. I actually don't know what their plan is, but I don't mm. think that's a bad thing. Like I, look, I'll be honest with exactly. you. One thing, I, one thing I do love about FSG is the fact that nothing gets leaked anymore. That's one thing I do love about them. Nothing like Fabrizio was tweeting all summer. Didn't have a clue what was going on. James Pierce, Neil Jones, they are brilliant journalists. But unfortunately, because of leaks with Van Dyke and stuff, all these journalists, they have been shut out. That doesn't make them rubbish journalists. 
They are writing articles because they are using their judgment and common sense as to guess what is going to happen. That is not their fault. I am very happy our dirty laundry isn't being aired outside. That is like me going out and saying, look, guys, everyone, this is my plan for what me and my wife aim to do with our house next year. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to get robbed. I don't want people knowing our business. It's the same thing with Liverpool Football Club. Keep your stuff in house. I don't need to know the plans. What I will say is, though, I was never FSG out because of this window. I've been FSG out mainly because of the Super League. And that, for me, is a different discussion. I think this window has just kind of been used as an excuse to gaslight for FSG out. But I've I've been, honest, I've been quite vocal about it. I've not been FSG's biggest fans for a couple of years now. But for me, it feels as though they're making it a devastating mistake at least once a season at the moment, which is frustrating me because it seems like the mistakes are escalating. In terms of us moving forward, I look, I see it from both sides. But what scares me is that I have to look at it from another side. So while I agree that tying down our players on long-term contracts is good, let's also not forget that we tied down Coutinho, Suarez to long-term contracts and they still were sold. So Nat Phillips, for me, in my opinion, was was given a longer term contract to protect his value. Now, again, I don't mind that because I know we're going to have to sell him because he doesn't want to stay and be a fifth choice. So we want to try and maximise and get as much money as possible. But the issue for me then becomes, well, when you can't sell the likes of Shakiri Origi for good money, how do we then reinvest a 9.5 million back into our transfer kitty and improve upon that position when we don't have that money? Another thing that that sort of worries me is the disconnect between the owners and the fans with all due respect to them. And look, one thing I want to clear up as well, this whole notion that all American owners are rubbish or that's got to stop as well. Let's not all, let's not do the stereotype thing. Like that's ridiculous. That's got to stop now. Let's just take these guys at their face value. What worries me is that they've been, in charge of Liverpool for 11 years. And I genuinely don't feel as though they understand us as a fan base and they understand who we are as a club. We are very different to most other clubs. It's what makes us so special. It's what makes us so elite. And because of that, I feel as though they do things that just builds even more of a disconnect between us as fans and them as owners. But, but Cal, and, just, sorry just to come on that. Cal, yeah, just a on, quick one for this. On. So I want to come in on this. Do you think that's because they haven't had the right people around them? Like we had Peter Moores who came from EA and he was a man from Liverpool originally, if I'm not mistaken. And he comes in and Liverpool decided to go ahead with this furlough. Okay, which goes everything, all the grain against the club, right? So they released a statement saying, we're going to put some of the staff and whatnot on furlough. And then they retract a day later, Peter Moores. Do you not think that they should have discussed this? Is this a decision that they just went out without consultation with Peter Moores or the club or the, you know, around the team around them? Do you think they just went ahead and just released this on their own back? Do you think they've had the right people around them to give them advice saying, listen, this is not the way we do things at Liverpool Football Club. Is this why SOS, I believe, have got a, a, a Chris, you might know, but have they brought a board member onto the sort of panel, have they, where they discuss during their meetings, it was not they've got a board member from the SOS. Is that right? Yeah, this I, I I've got a feeling it's still being talked about that. But the the idea was to have have someone it. in. I've not received an email from Spirit of Shankly in a while thinking about it. Like you were saying it, then I was thinking, oh, where did that get up to? This is what happens in football, though, isn't it? Like, Mo, do you know? <laughs> No, um, although you might want to look into your uh, membership, you might have run out. <laughs> That's what <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. I think what happened. What happened with SOS was 
Um, they obviously called on, on, on the club for certain things, um, what they wanted. They had meetings with the club over, a, I think, a two or three week period. It might have been three meetings. And then they went back and had a vote as to whether they would engage with the club on these plans, because obviously they're, they're a democracy and they have to vote. The vote was passed unanimously. And I think they're working on now what way the setup will be. I think their hope is that they will have not somebody on the board, but a represent, they would have a representative within meetings. You know, I don't think they'll have a vote, but they will have a voice, you know, the sort of way. And they're looking to set up, um, you know, I suppose different fan groups or wherever it might be to have a voice. And that's where I think SOS have gone with it. We yeah, just, I I just sorry, Abby, sorry, Abby, I get, sorry, sorry, Chris. Yeah, go for it. Okay. I just uh, wanted to riff on something there. And this is where, this is where, like, you'll see that I'm not FSG in, right? Is that, like, FSG are venture capitalists. Now, they might be some of the nicest venture capitalists that we that own football clubs, but they are. They're businessmen. They saw a really, really good deal 11 years ago of getting one of the most historic football clubs with the biggest worldwide fan base. And their idea out of this is to make money. And, and pretty much everybody who comes to Liverpool, give or take, is there for the money. Like you've got your Trent Alexander Arnold, you've got your Steven Gerrards, you might have Jurgen Klopp who stays around after the fact, but for the most part, owners, managers, players, ninety nine percent of them are there for a really short space of time, and we, the fans, are the ones who are there that endure and that and like is literally passed down through families and generations. So to coming back on to to FSG is they're only here for the money. They said at the beginning that they want to make the club self sustaining. Of course they do because they don't want to put their, their hand in their arse pockets and put loads and loads of money in that they don't really have to compete with uh, oligarchs from around the world. They might be billionaires, but they can't compete on the same level. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it's just it's just not possible in the same way. And they're smart people, but they also, it's also not really them. <laughs> like, it's Michael Edwards, it's Mike Gordon, like John Henry, probably doesn't know much about the day-to-day running a Liverpool football club. And he doesn't mm-hmm. have to, to be fair. It's fucking is. He can do what he wants with it. And it might piss you off as a fan. It pisses me off. I'd really like an owner that's a Liverpool fan that's got billions of pounds, that understands everything. It's probably not going to ever happen in my lifetime, to be honest with you. Like, we, we had a Liverpool fan. Was it Steve? What was the guy's name? He was a builder. Oh, Steve Morgan. Steve Morgan. Morgan. The building yeah, firm. Morgan, that's it. Yeah. Didn't have enough... Didn't have Steve didn't have enough money to buy us, did he? Like you know what I mean. Really wanted it, didn't have anywhere near enough money. It's proper hard to get, to win Premier Leagues. We've managed to do that under FSG somehow. So they've done things right because they put the right people in place. But to get annoyed by them not putting more money in their arse or pulling more money out of their arse pocket seems mad. Considering we've had eleven years of knowing it's not going to happen. Chris, just, just just to come on that mode, just a quick one. We talk about okay. Um, you made a great point, Kevin. It brings me back to the ticket price freeze when they went to raise the tickets. Now, Chris, I'm from the US, right? And I know fellow Americans who try to go out to Liverpool from different uh, official supporters group, and they can't get the ticket the legitimate way through the website. Okay, so what they do is, and fans, I, I know some fans that do this, and it's for the wrong reasons. Liverpool fans who go on the regular Anfield are putting their prices up on Ticketmaster for, say, three, four hundred pounds. Is that is that not the same thing then? Are, are not local, and I'm not saying it's all locals. First of all, let's get that out of the way. But Liverpool fans who go on the regular, are they not putting their tickets on like Ticketmaster for like three, four hundred? Is that not is that fair as well then? No, it's not fair. But two wrongs I don't, don't make a right. Though. It doesn't make a right. So okay, but we absolutely 
ridicule or we absolutely attack FSG for doing something that some of our fan base do on the regular. Put, putting hospitality tickets for like four, five hundred when the face value of it is like two hundred. Like, yeah. is where's the balance the in that? What, what, what the I will, what, there are well, owners; they should know better, surely. Yeah, what I will say is that you can't be talking about practices to try and combat that if you're also doing it yourself. Mm. So you can say yes, the the fans who do similar things, they're a club; they're meant to be above all that. What I would say off the back of what Chris was saying, which is dead on and it's really worth remembering, um, and a little bit of what Carol was saying as well about them understanding us as a fan base. I think Tahir said it in one of the chats as well. They've had 11 years to understand us as a fan base. We are different to other clubs. We are different, but we are not that complex, really. Like, we are consistent in how we feel about certain things. So... If you really cared and you were really paying attention, you'd be able to understand us by now. So what does that tell you? They don't really care. That's... What they want to do is to basically keep us sweet enough that we don't tear the place down. So mm. when they mess up, they apologise, they backtrack, they're really good at apologies. But it's not going to stop them doing it again because they are going to keep trying to push that boundary to what they can get away with and find out and we need to keep reminding them where the line is and it's going to be back and forth and back and forth forever and to be honest I really don't see many owners of who are rich enough to be able to fund an elite club who that won't be the case with I think every owner that's how it should work because their parameters and their priorities are always going to be different to ours because like Chris says we are always going to be there. They are not. They are not thinking about it in the same way as we do. But we have common ground. We have the same aims ultimately on the pitch. So in order to coexist, we need to remind each other where the line is. So this kind of headbutting about what they should be doing, what they should be doing, as long as it doesn't lose sight of the big picture, can be a healthy thing, I think. I think... I think um... Most spot on, like you know, constantly reminding your owners as to not carrying on like spoiled brats or anything like that. Just you know, like this is what we expect. This is a level we expect. This is who we are, and 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 that's absolutely fine. And you're right. You know, they they came in eleven years ago, and one of the first lines was was an under promise overachieve. I think was one of the first lines they ever come out with. And, absolutely, yeah. And they've and they've absolutely met that. To be fair to them, they've absolutely met that. Like they've they've. They've underpromised and they've overachieved. They've absolutely nailed that. Um, but like, there is a line. Mo's right. There is absolutely a hundred percent a line where you you know you talk about tickets and furlough and, and all that sort of stuff. And at the same time, we have to take it a bit as well, you know. And I'm not. I, I've said it at the start. I watch Liverpool play football. You know, I watch it as a fan. If they do good stuff. I don't really react. I said this the other night. When Liverpool won a league title and a European Cup, I didn't sit there going, isn't it FSG great? No, we fucking didn't. I was drinking and I didn't give a shit about the owners. I was, you know, I was well, I was telling my wife we were having a tour child and I was calling the D-Box. You know what I mean? It was, so I didn't give two fucks about them. So, but when they do bad things, you've every right to turn around like and say, hold on, you know, this isn't right. And you, they need to be told it's not right. But at the same time, we have to give a little bit back as well. 
and we have to say to them, right, hold on, this transfers for argument's sake, right? We spent 36 million on the centre back. We probably brought in somewhere in the region the same, I think, in players coming back in. And we have to look and go and just say to ourselves, right, how fucking bad is it? How bad is it? That how much have we lost? And you have to remember how much we've lost against the model. Because I, I do hear people saying, we're not the only club affected. No, we're not. But we're one of the only clubs not leveraging debt in order to fund the transfer window. And that's the truth. You know, Spurs, as soon as the COVID started, were on the on the phone to the Bank of England, you know, can I have 170 million quid, please? Because all the stuff we have planned for the stadium will not go ahead now. And we're going to suffer badly for it. You know, I don't know what, I think Arsenal did take out a loan. Um, United run up debt. That's just what United do. Well, and that's United something. took sixty million off a bank last year, and this year they haven't released the accounts yet for the the yeah. previous year, and yeah. they they still had one hundred and forty million, I think it was, to take out. So they might have even gone down that route, which they've got the money to be able to recoup that gap, haven't they? To be fair, yeah. So it's yeah. probably it's water off a duck's back for them. It is because they're a different model to wears. And 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 when we discuss transfers, I always said it, and I've said it for years. When we discuss transfers, there's no point in discussing Manchester United, Man City, Chelsea, PSG. There's no point in sitting yourself beside them and trying to compare because you know, it'd be like me comparing myself as a basketball player to Michael Jordan. Like fucking, I'm five for four for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? So for me, all I'm not saying don't be upset. I'm not saying don't have a go. I'm not saying if you don't like them, absolutely fine. But but sometimes, for me in particular, I, I look and go, 180 million is a lot of fucking money over two years to lose. Especially I, when you look at the when you look at the finances and and the wages and whatever else it might be. And I'm not excusing them completely because of it, but I'm saying that might be a reason. It just might be. Can I ask three okay. questions, guy? And and again, look, three? feel free to. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm taking liberties. I am sorry, sorry. I'll be I'll be really quick though. But um, and look, guys, feel free to shut this down if you think this is stupid. Where my mind's going here. First question is, Redbird acquired 10% of FSG, not Liverpool, not Red Sox, mm-hmm. FSG, which will allow them to operate in the same way. So I get what you're saying in terms of the loss they made, but effectively they made that money back as Just an organisation. So they, they, they're good in that aspect. So in terms of the money lost, yes, I get, but they're good now. Look, I'm not expecting them to put money in their sorry, take money out of their pocket every summer. And I think that's where the disconnect is with some FSG out and another FSG out. I don't want an owner who just literally throws money every single summer. But I always use this analogy. I don't want to do any house repairs at the moment, but if my roof starts leaking, I'm going to have to put my hand in my pocket to fix it, whether I want to or not. And then I'm going to have to find a way to pay that back. So for me, that's where I think we're a bit too rigid in our model. We need to be a bit more, a bit more fluid. Secondly, should we not hold owners to the same standard as players almost? So the example I'm going to use is Luis Suarez. And, and this might not resonate with everyone like it does with me. As a footballer, I thought Luis Suarez was absolutely phenomenal. But as a person, I thought he was a bit of a scumbag. Now, Luis Suarez did some amazing stuff on the football pitch. But because of the bad stuff he did, I would never want him to wear a Liverpool shirt again. So even though FSG have done some great stuff, some of the things they've done have been so against the ethos of the club that for me, I don't really want them around anymore because for me, they've tarnished that relationship so much that for me, enough's enough. But that just might be me. And then thirdly, I get what you're saying about the training complex, the the stands. And again, I don't have a problem with this before I say it. 
but those things were paid for by AXA in my if if I'm not mistaken for the training ground and secondly for the staff. They only contributed ten million to that. Let him yeah. finish. Sorry. No, if I'm wrong, no, no, that's that's spot. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So apologies on that. Um, but the stand, for example, or the two stands, if I'm not mistaken, will be paid for by the club because FSG have loaned us the money and we're paying it back to them. So if that's the case, and Leicester City, for example, who have just built a hundred million pound complex but still made transfers this summer that's where I'm struggling because again, like Gav, I completely agree with you. I can't sit here and complain and compare us to Chelsea, City, PSG, Man United because their money is just on a different level. But when I'm seeing teams like Aston Villa, Leicester City, being able to go out and sort the issues they've got, then I have an issue. Then I I have some concerns because if we were sitting here with a very complete squad, I wouldn't need to have this situation right now I'd be cool because I don't want us to just buy players for the sake of stockpiling but when you're looking at the bench and you see Narigi who can't even get a game when Bobby Firmino and Mane in the, are in the worst form of their life Taki Minamino's trusted so much that he sent out on loan in January Ben Davies is brought in and we're convinced that he's going to be the next Robertson project and we we all knew it wasn't when Kabak's brought in as a 20 year old who's in a sinking ship at Schalke to try and save our season that's when I get concerned and I, I don't know how they bring it back. One thing I would add, like I don't disagree with any of that. What I would say specifically about Villa and Leicester, Villa paid for theirs from Grealish. Like yeah. they knew yeah. that was happening long before it happened. Very That's true. Very true. With Leicester, they, made, they, they I think they, what, 50 million pounds they spent on five players. Five very good players. Like I'm, I'm really jealous of their window. I'm not gonna lie. I think they nailed it. But this is the first year in five they haven't had to sell a big player. So the business they've done all up to this point, they have been making profits. So now this, they allowed them the space to go out and go bang. So looking at their model, I assume that's what their answer would be. But that does not necessarily mean that we should be we shouldn't be doing the same. I think when when I take your um roof analogy, which I really like by the way, the but way I see- but but don't tell your neighbours about your roof because you said they'd rather <laughs> Oh mine's fine. We're all good, don't worry. No, no Callum no. said his neighbours rob all the stuff he said it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yes you did. Is, is this why you've got the curtain up now? So yeah. <laughs> doesn't want his neighbours to know he has a chair. <laughs> oh, man, times is rough. But no, what I'm going to say is, like, we, we look at the roof and we see holes and we think, that's going to leak when it rains. Like, they're looking at the roof going, see, it might leak when it rains, but it might not rain. We might be all right. We might be okay with the rain this summer. And that's the problem. We think, okay, no, I'm not taking a risk. Let's just bang it up in case it does rain. And they're like, yeah, but that's money and hassle. And we might be better off and we might live better because then we haven't got to deal with the builders coming in while we're trying to sleep and blah, 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 blah. So that no one is necessarily right or wrong. We just have to wait and see if it rains. Go on, Avi. Just to come on this, uh, and look, Cal makes some great points. I don't think we've maximised Klopp's clout, and with three years to go, that could come back to bite us in the backside. We haven't maximised his clout of, look, he might not want a Sancho or an Mbappe, but give him a 
30 to 40 million pound player. He'll make him into a world-class player. Yeah, a top player, he elevates them. He takes them to the next level. Now, Sorry, really quickly on that, Avi. We say he doesn't, but he spent big money on Virgil and big money on Alisson when he had but, the money. But Virgil was on the cusp of becoming great. He wasn't a great when he came from Southampton. I he hasn't. He I hasn't. Think he was. I think Virgil was great. It's just because he played for Southampton, people don't. No, Callum, I disagree. I disagree. He has not. Callum, Callum. If you if you go through Jurgen Klopp's career, like <laughs> even at Dortmund, I think you'd struggle him as a coach finding. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, buying a player that's ready made for him. I Dortmund's genuinely think, I was thinking that the Dortmund, other day. Dortmund are in a different situation. No, no, no. Okay. But, no but the model no is the same. He brought the Gundogans from Nuremberg, the Kagawas from Japan, the Lewandowski's for like 300,000 or 1.5 million. But even, but even, but even, even, even that, uh, Avi, Cal is absolutely spot on. Dortmund is a total different league. He's now in the, in the big boys league. But even at Liverpool, Cal. But he succeeded with that he model. Hasn't. Say again. Succeeded with that model, though. It's a very similar model where you buy yeah. young talent, and not even young talent, but you buy talent, like he's done with Salah, Mane, and Bobby. You know, players every who single are just every single who are on the cusp of maybe going on to that next level, and he's made him go to the next level. Now, just on this, and I just want to cast our mind back. Peter Moores and Rick Parry, right? They wanted new owners in because they wanted someone to fund the new stadium at Stanley Park. David okay, Moore. David Moore, sorry, my apologies. And then, obviously... Hicks and Gillette come in. Gillette came in first. He was told he doesn't have enough equity. He brings his mate from Texas, right? He didn't from have Dallas. Brains either, from Tom, Tom, from <laughs> Tom Hicks. Okay. He didn't have anything. Tom Hicks's first press conference but this, was. But this is up. This was after trying to do a deal with DIC. DIC, where yeah. Were, where do we buy and steal? And they didn't make the. They didn't meet the due diligence no. that David Moore was happy with. So yeah. in come the Americans, right? The first batch, and Tom Hicks's first first words were. We're going to put a spade within 60 days or 50 days into Stanley Park. That was true. And he also sent us a image. He also had a dummy. Sort loads of, leg- of pictures. Had Lego deadly, they were deadly pictures. They, they were brilliant. brilliant. It was a, a state of-, of the art because he built the Dallas Cowboys sta- stadium as well. I show my staff and plans like that as well. <laughs> this is where, for your burger shop, yeah? So yeah. these were, we need to yeah. appreciate FSG, but these are these are the things that fans don't care about. But, but FSG... But Abby, sorry, sorry to cut you. Want... Are we comparing them to the worst owners? No, no, no. But, but Cal, they're the best owners since my lifetime. No, but the best how many owners owners we had? No, no. What I'm trying to reiterate is we've got to appreciate what they've done too at the club. No, no, we do. But it, it could have this, easily this is... been. It could have easily been. It could have easily like they didn't. They did things that were impossible. They put planning applications because they thought, no, you know what? We are going to regrow Anfield. We are going to put more seats uh, in the stand, just like we did at Fenway. They've done. They did the impossible. They made it possible. If you get what I mean, they made the impossible possible. Where everyone Why thought was it possible. Because applications were getting refused. Because Tom Hicks and Gillette said, this is not viable. We cannot increase no, Anfield. No, but just because Tom Hicks and Gillette got applications... David Moore and Rick Parry. It, it, was, it was the same story with Rick Parry. Yeah, but I'd say, I'd, say, I'd, say Tom, I'd say Tom Hicks and, and the other... Like, I could have got applications George. approved. No, I, I'd, say, I'd say the application <laughs> consisted of, right, a big picture of, of Stanley Park and the then a smaller picture everywhere. of the drawing of the stadium. And he just blew tacked it to a thing, took a picture of it and went and sent it to the council and went, what do you reckon, lads? That was the height of the fucking thing. Because they were absolute imbeciles, them two. Like, they were unbelievable. But, Callum, you, you mentioned um, 
and I'm trying to keep the mood light here because you're like, oh, I'm very fucking serious. Um, I'm, I'm doubting, I'm doubting how good you will be over a point now at this stage. But, um, but, um, no, Callum, you talk about, you know, and Chris mentioned earlier the upgrade to the stadium, the main stand, which is just phenomenal looking. Every time I see it, I'm, I'm, like how many times have I seen it, but it's still unbelievable. The Anfield Road and the course is under construction now as well. And you say, and people do say, but that was Liverpool's money. Yeah, it was Liverpool's money that was generated. Okay, or no, no, agree, they, agree. Uh, or, or FSG have given a loan to the club to fast track this, and the club will pay it back. There's no, there's no owner out there that comes along and says, "I'll build a stadium for you." It just doesn't happen. No, no, you know I, I mean? agree. But that, you know, the, the, the only reason I raise that is because a lot of people will say, "Well, FSG built the stand, or FSG saved the club." They, they're effectively no they're FSG. Really what, FSG as money and profit in the future, which I exactly, don't have a problem. FSG with. as an entity, FSG as an entity worked on deals that were probably 20 years too late when you look at what Liverpool done for me in the in the early to mid-90s where they That's stood true. still and watched everyone around them. But, but they worked as an entity to build up these sponsorship deals, these, you know, whatever it might be, to enable, to say, and be comfortable to say, we won't go and get loans, we'll put the money in, and the club itself is running so well it will give it back. And that's usually what happens. You know, the... Uh, the Glazers didn't turn up at Old Trafford and go, oh, there's not enough seats in here. Here's loads of money and build yourself a stadium. It doesn't happen like that. Clubs build stadiums and invest in stadiums or, or you know, move or whatever it might be because they're self-sustainable and they know, they know first of all, they're, they're steady. They know they can pay it back and they know how well it'll do for you. You know, this will earn you more, that will earn you more. It's, it's simple business. But there's nobody out there that'll turn around like, like I'll put it to you this way. You're not going to get an owner that comes in after FSG and go, listen, I will put a spade in Stanley Park in 60 days. I'm building a 200,000 seater and you keep all your money as a club because I'll pay this for you. It doesn't happen. It no, does not I, happen. I completely agree. But I don't, again, I don't have an issue with that. My issue is the narrative that's told. The well, it's only, it's only, it's only a narrative. Sorry, Callum. It's only a narrative because people giving out about it, making a narrative. I've, I've never turn around and say FSG, like Chris said earlier, I don't go around shouting FSG in. Nobody does. You know, the sort of way. And I like doubt many people go around shouting FSG out, to be perfectly honest with you. May do. I don't know. But it's only a narrative because you want to make an argument out of it. There's no argument around it. And there's no need to argue around it. It's actually just normal what they do. I think, I think, I think the it. argument I think the argument isn't, Gav, I think the people shouting FSG out, and there is a small minority. I still think it's a small minority. It's, it's totally based around what they perceive as lack of investment on the on the pitch, on the team, on the players. Some, and I think it's not that for me. I want to not, be really not for you. No, no, not for you. For you've me, explained yourself. No, no, no. You've explained your reasons, and absolutely. I'm now playing devil's advocate for the ones that don't see it like you. So, but again, it's it's perception, and it's it's in their own minds or it's in our own minds because of the fact we don't know. So we've just spent the best part of an hour saying, we don't know what their plans are. We don't waste, know what Jürgen... Co- was. Yeah, it was a fucking waste of time. <laughs> Bunch of wankers. He's really. still trying to count his fucking CD. He's doing tongue exercises here for later on, I'd say. You know what I mean? So it's all based around we don't know, and, that, and, and some people are fearful of the unknown, and some people are excited about the unknown. Like, Chris started off saying he's excited to watch us play football this season. I was. When I saw Virgil van Dijk training again and and a refreshed Jurgen Klopp, 
and everything. And I thought, yes, I just can't wait to go to games and watch them play a game. But obviously, there is a window of opportunities called the transfer window where you think that it's a time and a time and a place for a club to sort of bring in fresh blood that can sort of regenerate. And I think that's equally, you know, it's, it's equally fair to have, for, for them to have, have that opinion. But to sort of base that from there to sort of having extremes, I think that's where the disconnect comes from. Look, we can speak about these things all, all night. I wanted to very quickly touch upon uh, the news again from, it seems, Mr. Mr. Liverpool correspondent David Ornstein, um, who, who suggested or he wrote an article, Mo, about um, Michael Edwards uh, possibly leaving. Is it the end of next, next season? Summer. Next summer is his last summer. Next, next summer, summer, yeah. The end of this season. Yeah. It's the end, end of this season. season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mo, uh, just going to go around everyone's thoughts on, on the job he's done um, and how you react to the news. Um, well, the simple fact is, he's whatever we know, he's clearly been good at his job. Lots of people have been telling us he's been good at his job. The evidence in front of us tells us he's been good at his job. So when someone who's good at his job is leaving or potentially leaving, that's bad. But what I do think, for someone who has completely shied away from the spotlight, none of us even know what his voice sounds like. (laughs) He's got... A lot of people have got his picture on their bedroom wall, it feels like. And we don't really know what he does. Like, I mean, I don't want to try... I'm not trying to discredit him. He's got, like I said, he's clearly good at his job, but unless we know exactly which parts he's doing and which parts would therefore need to be replaced, we don't know how bad this is or this isn't. I think if it's a scenario where he walks out the door and walks into another job in football, that's a bad thing because what that means... leave. Yeah, because what that means is is that we weren't able to offer him what he wanted and therefore he's going to go and get it somewhere else. I think from listening to what people have said people who do know what his voice sounds like, it does appear that it's as much about him being there for 10 years and wanting to do something else. And if that's the case, if he ends up changing career path completely, then I say thanks and good luck. I've got no problem with it. I think, though, it sounds like as well that this is something that the club have been aware of for longer than us. So... From that perspective, there should be a succession plan. I think One, that's no. I think sorry, I think that's why Julian Ward was brought in early yeah. uh, or late last year. He was brought exactly. in as a you know natural successor once Michael Edwards um, was going to leave. And, and he's been there since twenty twelve as well. Yeah, yeah. We 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 don't know. We don't know if um you know Michael Edwards is is more charming than Julian Ward. We don't know. I'm guessing we're going to have to find <laughs> out when he gets his chance of doing the job, but. I think it's one of those things whereby we have to kind of take it under consideration and say that, yeah, it might be an issue, but it might not. One thing that um, Neil Atkinson mentioned on one of our shows, and I'm sure he won't mind me repeating because he likes it when people think he's clever. Um, (laughs) Both Michael Edwards and Klopp are the kind of people who will care about the succession plan. They will care that the job that they've done is so good that when they leave, the ship is still standing. It's not like a Sir Alex Ferguson scenario where 
if they do terribly after he's gone, everyone's falling for him to come back and he loves it. I mm. think he feels that part of his job is to leave it in good hands. So I'm confident that that will be taking place should he be about to leave. But yeah, bringing it all back to the beginning, you don't really want to see him leave. Mm. Chris, your thoughts on, on, on Michael Edwards? And- yeah, I think, you know, what I know he does is he's a good negotiator. I think is one of the things that I know that he is. I, I, I'm a bit sort of, no, I wouldn't say ambivalent is probably too strong a term for it, but for me, he's the tip of an iceberg. Like, you know what I mean? And every, every there is probably two to 300 people working underneath him that he gets the credit for all the time. And look, that's his team. He runs that team and you do deserve credit for that. But that's, we're not having 200 people leave here. We're not having the rocket scientists and the developmental coaches. They're not all leaving and the analytics and everything else. It's one man at the top. And I've seen, look, I've seen enough sport in, you know, over the years to know that one man can make a huge difference to a team. Um, but I've got faith that Liverpool have got the right people in the right places such that when he leaves and, and just what Mo was saying as well to echo that we will be okay. And I'm a bit pissed off that he didn't sign himself up to a new contract because he shit at his job. <laughs> Cal. Um, the Edwards thing, I think Edwards has been brilliant for us. Um, I will just probably, I'm going to split opinion. I, I do think he did mess up a little bit last summer, but um, on the whole, his tenure has been amazing. I'm, I'm not concerned about him leaving in the sense of, I don't know why he's leaving yet. And I'll be honest, in the same way Thiago left the perfectly fine Bayern Munich because he wanted a new challenge, he might just want a new challenge. So for me, that wouldn't be an issue. If he's leaving because there are things wrong behind the scene, then I'm concerned. But we don't have any evidence of that yet. So as things stand, I'm I'm pretty relaxed on the situation, as long as we get the right person in next. Kevin Doyle? Yeah, he's done a good job. He's, and like Callum said, if he wants another challenge and he feels it's time to go, you know, he goes. And and like Chris said, you know, there's a massive team at Liverpool with regards to everything. And there's only one person I worry about leaving Liverpool Football Club and it's Jurgen Klopp. Um, I think if any other person within that, within the building leaves, I think there's everything in place um, to to carry on. And, and, you know, we have seen it where, you know, was it at Leicester, the guy Walsh was scouting everything and he left and went to Everton and everyone thought it was brilliant and it was a disaster. But, look, we don't know about Michael Edwards. We don't know much about it. I've seen him speak once, I think, and that was in a documentary about the actual building of that AXA training centre. And I think he was in that and I've never seen him or heard of him since. And, look, he might want to leave they might have come to a mutual agreement. We don't know. And we and, and like Mo said, I think it was Mo said it, you'll know when he turns up next. You know, if it's at another football club, you go, aha, hold on. You know, this isn't really a new challenge, Michael. It's the same shape ball and it's the same type of, you know, it's the same league and, and stuff like that. Whereas if he turns up in the NFL or something like that, you go, well, yeah, that's fair enough. He's gone to America and it's a different, it's a different sport and stuff like that. So overall, I don't know about Michael Edwards, I'm going to be honest. And secondly, I'm confident a bit like Chris in that, that if he goes, or he will go, I think. And when he goes, I think we have the people in place and, and a bit of forward planning by the sounds of it to cover that and, and then we go from there. 
Yeah, Avi, last word on 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 on, on Michael Edwards because I know uh, I know you've done a bit of homework and I don't want it to go to waste. No, no, no homework. Look, he, I think he became sporting director in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, came along with Dave Fallows and Barry Hunt, who came from Manchester City, another coup by us, who we literally just sort of snatched away from them. I think he had an offer last summer, if I'm not correct, to come over to the US, Michael Edwards, but he declined at the time. So I think his next career change will be out here somewhere, could be in sports, could be in another company. But no, look, I echo everyone's words. He's He's been good. He's been great for us. But um, look, we march on with Liverpool Football Club and nothing else matters. And like Gab said, the most important man is still at the helm, which is uh, Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, guys. Um, we can't end on this, guys. We can't end on yeah. this. Look how, da- da- look how down everyone is. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Wait, 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 hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Go on. No, no, go on. I was going to say, like, we have got one of the best teams in world football. Yeah. We have got the best back four out of any team in the Premier League still. We've got the best goalkeeper in the league. We've got the best six in the league. We've got the best striker in the Tell league. We've got Sadio Mane and, and, and all this stuff. And we think we've had a bad window. And fair play, that's your opinion. But we've got one of the best sides in world football. We were going to play brilliant. We came third with fucking shit last year. Third. Like, genuinely, we somehow came third. Like, with everything going against us. We're winning the league this year, boys. We are winning the league. I, well, I, I can tell you now um, we are. I've I said it. I, I, I was surprised Chris went down that route because when he said, like, we can't end like this, I was like, what does Chris like talking about? And I was going to talk about really big hula hoops because I remember talking about that <laughs> and the last time around. Um, jumping off buildings and I need a really big like hula hoop to get my arse through to be fair. Regular size boat there. Jumping off buildings walk along with a hula hoop that's too small for him. That's, what, that's basically me. He went down a he went down a fairly um, routine route there, but uh, listen, we leave the hula hoops the next time. It's okay. <laughs> no, but it's, it's 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 funny. Chris says that we can't leave on a down. Like I'm actually not on a down. Like Laura Duffy says, and we have Grizzers being on two CBD drops. Like I'm high as a kite, lads. <laughs> <laughs> you really have some more, aren't you? I, I really am. This is the quietest I've been on any show. Gav will tell you. It's the least I've spoken. I'm absolutely loved it today. Thank you very much, people. It's Can I ask a question before we go, though? Yeah, go on. You put your hands up. Because hula hoops are on my mind now, and I won't sleep if you don't. I, I, Which flavour? Barbecue beef. No, barbecue no I wasn't going to ask that. <laughs> what, barbecue beef. I, I was just... Yeah. I was, forget hula hoops. It's off the table, boys. I was just going to ask, uh, and I want to say this, Roy, bourbon creams, biscuits. Do you know yeah. them? Yeah. What, what's your feeling on them? Yeah, quality. Never even heard of them. Never heard of them. Chris? Bur- bourbon? Bourbon creams. They're one of those ones where, like, there's a... There's a What's the difference between a bourbon them? cream and the, a normal bourbon? Is it chocolate flavour, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Two, they look two like chocolate biscuits cream. with some black yeah. cream. Party rings. Amazing. Party rings. Yeah. I've had better biscuits. Like, I was, you're telling I'm, me that they're the top tier, then, you know. No, no, I'm not saying the top tier, but... um. I, I bought them in the, in the shop. I've done a big shop today for everyone watching. Um, and Amazing. I bought them today. And I swear to God, I was in the shop and a woman literally looked me up and down when I picked up bourbon creams. And I thought, wow, the world has changed. But I just wanted to ask you people what's going on. Or I how mean, you feel about them. I mean, we are... Yeah, I don't know, did you pot next to her or something? <laughs> in the oil. No, the car wasn't in the oil. Drive through. Literally drive through. Like, like, no, no, I wasn't standing there like with my trousers around my ankles or anything like that. <laughs> it, was weird like that. it was literally well, me in a normal situation in an oil in a shop. 
picking up, I picked up custard creams, bourbon creams, and I think it was uh, there was another rich biscuit. Teas. Uh, no, it wasn't rich tea. It was definitely one of those lads. Maryland, Maryland cream, cream, as you said. As you said, it's really, she's gone for the cheap. She probably thought you were cheapskate. You've gone for the no. I bought them. I, I, I was literally thinking that, Chris. I was literally thinking <laughs> they that. weren't own brand for a start, right? And that's terrible what you've just said there, Kev. You know my oh. theory. <laughs> There's no decent biscuit. It's got to be above 29p. Now, I know that's... Yes, no, but they were well above 29p, but I, I buy them for me, child who's 18 months, who flings a lot of food around, you know, so, oh, okay. but he likes biscuits. And I just wanted to see, like, you just thought... I got a bit upset, lads, you know, I'm being honest, at, at, at our attitude, and I should have went back and said something to her, but I didn't. So I, I, just I was, was going to say that, like, the, they've got nothing on a chocolate hobnob, but I think, like, you know, I'm not giving sure. a three-year-old hobnob is asking to end up in the emergency room because Literally. no amount of liquid or slobber is going to break down a chocolate hobnob, no. which is why they're the best no. in the world. Yeah. Do you remember Brendan Rogers when he had when he stayed up all night to walk out? He could play three at the back. Remember he was doing it in his kitchen. <laughs> That's me at night when I'm trying to walk out. What I can give this child without him ruining the house. That's me. And bourbon cream to the answer. I had a feeling. I had yeah. a feeling. What's so the what's the what's the big brand in um in America, Avi? Oreos. Like Oreos. 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 Chip Ahoy as well. Is it Chip, Chip Ahoy? Ahoy? Yeah, good shout that Cal. Yeah, Chip Ahoy. But um, Oreos mainly. You can't go well, wrong, you, can you? well right now in California, it's um weed uh, cookies. They're the ones. They're the so ones what? on a Friday night. They just <laughs> they take you to another planet, literally. I weed weed okay, cookies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we did all here, right? It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, lads, I gotta call it a night before Gav starts going through his shopping. Just one question, Grace. Sure, didn't have you? Callum asked eleven there earlier. He said, "Wait there, and I'll ask eleven questions." He said. Yeah, go on. Oh, oh no, I thought you had one more go. question. No, no, no just, more. I was, I was, yeah, I was just texting the wife, like I'll get the CBD oil ready. Um, <laughs> get it listen, ready. listen, uh, get it ready. Yeah, <laughs> can you, um, can you count the drops show. for me, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two hard you, you for not, me. You don't laughed. You don't laughed, and and I, you know, I respect you all. But you can carry on laughing, but I'm telling you, it was quite complex the first time. I've got to the use. I've got used to it now. I've worked it out. But cow, cow, can you listen for one second rather than, rather than just laugh and turn your face away so you don't? No, know I, I, I just don't know how difficult it can be, bro. So, <laughs> you literally lift your tongue and just count the two. Count, count what to two, Gav? The two fucking drops. <laughs> yeah, but you got to feel them to count them. Hold on, are you? T- so when you walk down the road and hold on, hold on, just, hold on, you got to feel them. Count to two. So when you go out in the street and it rains, do you not realise it's raining because you can't feel the drops? He comes in completely drowned from top to bottom and his wife says, what happened to you? You're not a very good adver- advertisement for this new company, Grizz. Oh, <laughs> I, I, right, right, I think it's right. winding out for you. I think it's winding out for you. a drop. He's walked through the car wash again, hasn't he? Having a clue what you're talking about. Can you Never get ready to close the show, Gav? All right, be quiet, you. Well, if anyway. I was you, I'd, I'd st- listen. If I was you, I'd let Avi do the CBD stuff, yeah. and you stay away from me because absolutely, <laughs> absolutely terrible. Terrible. It's, yeah. it's I don't know. Absolutely, I, I feel like I'm feeling so good tonight. <laughs> no, 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 people. Seriously, trying to get back serious. It's absolutely amazing, and. Mm. Um, you really, really should go and check out EliteMe.com, www.EliteMe.com. Fantastic to have them on board. Um, 
I'm going to try another one of their products, something that's a bit more easier to uh, to talk about. Uh, this yeah. is a bit this is a bit awkward and difficult for me. Look, once again, I hope I'm it's gonna, not a cream and your fingers are numb because then you won't feel it. You can't feel it. Exactly. Lads, it's been amazing. Uh, and it's what chats are about. It's been like a chat with differing opinions, different agendas, diff- not agendas, but perspectives on, 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 on what the situation is. But above all and end all, we're Liverpool fans. Facts. We want Liverpool to win. We want Jurgen Klopp, you know, to stay forever. We want the Reds to 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 to, to absolutely uh, rip up this league, and and we believe we can. We believe we, you know, our squad is as good as anyone's. Um, but look, I just want to thank you. I think Chris's battery has probably gone on his laptop because I, I promised him an hour and it's gone one hour and a half. Yeah, his battery but, has gone. He just sent us a message. Though. Exactly. But everyone else, Cal, Mo, we will 100% catch up soon. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Smash the like button as well, people, man. Come on. Yeah. Come no, on. I mean, it's a bloody uh, great channel. Let's smash the like button. Let's get these numbers up. It was great until we let Grizz fucking call it a sponsor. <laughs> now it's a fucking disaster. Uh, Avi and Gav, we'll nice catch one. up real soon. It's been, it's been, it's been good. Just, just um, a reminder, Grizz, just a reminder, tomorrow, Sports Unplugged, we'll be talking about Liverpool's very own Paddy Pimblett, who will be fighting in the UFC main card on Saturday. So make sure we all give him the energy that he deserves for Saturday. Absolutely. Good luck to the reggae boys, buddy. Cal. We'll catch up on what's up in a bit. Uh, Mo, always a pleasure. And Gav, well, Gav's the boss man, so yeah. Thanks, I'm not taking responsibility for this shit. Cal, I need to get a link for the stream for the Mexico game. Okay, up. yeah, I saw, I saw. Obviously, I saw the legal link for you. The illegal <laughs> link. Can you do me the illegal? You're trying to stream? get me Nick, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the link, the legality was never in question. He has got the link, but his neighbours robbed it off. For anybody who wants a legal stream, go on, Cal. Yeah, yeah. I, I will sort out the legal link for you, bro. Well, listen, listen I've, I've, um, no, it's been, in fairness, it was, it's been a brilliant show, and thanks to Chris and Callum and Mo for coming on. All I want to know is, is Mo still DJing a motel? That's yes. all I want to know. Lovely, yes. well, well, um, I'll be, I'll be there in a, in October's my first day. Uh, Brighton at home is my first oh, game. Fantastic. I'm going over to this season, um, and then nights. plenty more. Fr- a Friday night. Yeah. Are you not doing Saturday nights? Nah, man, I'm a busy man these days. Ah, I've got, I've got. Would um, Senior not try a few extra quid to to do Saturdays now? He can't afford me. Ah, oh. I love it, love it, love it. <laughs> nah, nah, you sound like you sound like FSG there. But listen, <laughs> guys, we got wrap, <laughs> we got to wrap this up. We got to wrap this up. It's been amazing. It's been brilliant. Um, thank you for all. Hope to catch you next week. We'll have something, even though it's midweek. No, no. The, the, the season starts next week, right? Carries on. No, continues the season week. started a couple of weeks ago. Chris. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. But on that you note. play Leeds next, next on that Saturday note, week. This yeah. has been Carnage. Thank you very much for tuning in. Catch you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.